Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, Hawaii's favorite morning show. It is, and still. And um, we've been going in the morning quite a bit lately. More so than, than not. We've been going in the morning. This has actually turned into a morning show. It only took like four years mm-hmm. or so. But hey, we're finally catching well, it our It started stride. as a morning show. It, it did. Then yeah. we moved to an afternoon time frame, but we never changed the name because it's always a good morning liberty. Uh, speaking of Hawaii, though, Nate went to school this weekend <laughs> on Hawaii and has a complete lesson plan laid out i've got this all drawn up for everyone for everyone mm-hmm. i went to the fair <laughs> with my kid yeah. and nate was visiting his family and was like i don't i'm gonna I, do some work i don't want to i don't want to talk to my family i'm gonna talk to my computer and that's what you did i actually didn't start this until about eight o'clock last night oh, okay um laying, for the people laying on the couch watching the new uh season of lincoln lawyer on netflix and um you ever watch that show nope. it's a pretty good show nope you ever seen the movie uh maybe it's a good movie matthew mcconaughey i was gonna say matthew mcconaughey and, and, yeah william h macy's in it some other good people uh, check that out the uh the, the show's all right so uh, i wanted to dig into the thing in hawaii i know that this is a an old story now that's uh this is not exactly top I of the see headlines the death toll was up to like 116 i haven't and there's gonna be more so is that the most recent i actually forgot to look i saw it over the weekend okay Something like that. Whatever the news said over the weekend, somehow, I think I was, I had golf on on Saturday, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then the news came on after that and they said something about it. That's all I, that's all I know. That's all you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. So somewhere over a hundred right now, the official death toll. And and that's bad. We, uh, it's not good. We don't agree with that. And of course, uh, what we're getting from everyone is that this is because of climate change. And that uh, I keep seeing that Joe Biden needs to declare a climate emergency, because if anyone can affect the world's climate, it's it's Joe Biden, probably. And so I don't know what they're going to do in this climate emergency, except for spend a bunch of money towards things that aren't actually going to solve whatever the problem is. But I also wanted to look at something else that people have been pointing out, and it has a lot to do with this Hawaiian electric company. And so I wanted to dive into what actually caused the wildfire and uh, what would a free market had done in this scenario? What would libertarianism done in this scenario? Or just not a state-controlled monopoly uh, power company, which is what they have in Hawaii. Fascism. It's a basically a fascist power company. Mm-hmm. It's a private, privately owned company to actually trade uh, on the stock exchange down a bunch. Sell- I was going to say, did you short them? <laughs> I didn't short them. I was looking at a buy area. I haven't looked back to see where they're at right now, but I was looking at a at a spot and I felt kind of gross about it. You know, you ever feel 
feel bad about thinking about stuff like that? What you should feel gross about are the people who shorted it right before it happened. Those are the people we need to look into. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We need to get that report ASAP. Okay, so I wanted to look into what happened with this power company, and it's it ended up being much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. You're just asking questions here. Yeah, I just want to know. You don't know what happened. And I'm not claiming to have all of the information either. All right, this is like five hours worth of digging into things, okay? Mm -hmm. Which is more than almost everyone spouting off on Twitter about it has looked into anything. X. Sorry, I know you're like, what's Twitter? Yeah, that's what X. I immediately the, uh, was like, what? The website. What does that yeah, mean? Saw that. Saw that look. Before we talked about the Hawaiian Electric thing, I wanted to mention more climate change. Of course, is that there was a hurricane, now tropical storm, uh, that's hitting California right now. So it's going to rain a lot, and it's and it's windy. Okay, uh, not quite hurricane type winds, but named Hillary. It is named Hillary, which is. Which has been fun. According to what mm-hmm. I've seen, the ocean waters are warmer than we've ever recorded them. I'm, that's what I read also. Yeah. Yeah. On record. The, yes. Record high ocean water temperatures. Uh, in fact, this is California's first tropical storm in 80 years, which, as you know, uh, back then we were dealing with a lot of climate change, too. A lot more cars which on the road 80 years ago always, than there are now. People and then people will say like, "Oh, this is a once in a century storm. A climate emergency must be declared." I'm like, "You just told me that this has happened like a, you know, like a million times. <laughs> you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> I know that you weren't alive for all of them. But you just <laughs> said that this has happened like a million times yeah. or so. So I, I wish people would pay more attention to that. Like, and I did see they had an earthquake too. They had a 5.5 earthquake. When so. it rains, it pours." Uh, you you know, know, God, God is taking care of California. We don't need to worry about voting. (laughs) You give it to God. Exactly. Okay. And he's going to solve the problem. Up next, locusts (laughs) coming out of nowhere. I did want to point out, we already pointed out in the live group beforehand, but hats off to the Babylon Bee, not literally because my hair is gross right now, but hats off to the Babylon Bee for having one of the better headlines they've had in a bit. They say Hillary makes landfall, destroying over 30,000 emails. And that really got me going last night. so good. And it it got me because I thought it was a real headline at first. I didn't see the name or anything. And man, it caught me off guard. Good job on them. (laughs) They are so much funnier than The Onion Mm -hmm. uh, these days. So let's get into the Hawaiian electric thing. People's, you know, firstborn starts, if they just start dying Mm -hmm. or something, you might want to move out of California. Well, people have been preparing for this, you know? I, th- I think that these are the left behind people that are still in California right now. <laughs> yeah. So they're, except for some of the people in live group that are still in, in California. Yeah. We hope everything goes okay for but you. They're making their way out, I think. Mm-hmm. So time to get out of there ASAP. All right. So a couple news headlines, and then I want to, I want to turn back the clocks a little bit, but Hawaii's top power utility is being accused of years of mismanagement before these deadly wildfires. So this is a recent headline. There are now lawsuits and all sorts of stuff against Hawaii Electric. And so they're being accused of a classic mismanagementism right now. Their top power utility. By top power utility, they mean the state-granted monopoly power utility that services 95% of people who live in Hawaii. It's pretty much the only one. It's like Hawaii's power utility. Mm. So here's one headline. Here's another from the uh, New York Times. We'll get into these a little bit later. Hawaiian Electric was warned of its system's fragility before the wildfire. And white fragility probably too. That too. That goes without saying, Mm -hmm. of course. But they were warned. And so what do we have here? We've got uh, capitalism run amok. They didn't care to do anything about it. That's bad. Insane. Mm -hmm. It looks like a tornado. A tornado fire went through there. It looks like Galdern nuclear bomb went off in there. Mm. Lord. Man. But I want to back up just a little bit. So here is an article. They probably just needed better people in management. That, that's one of the things what that they do What it always comes need. down to. Mm-hmm. Biden's climate agenda is stalled in Congress. In Hawaii, one key part is going ahead. So they're talking about Build Back Better 
and the climate agenda and all that. And there was a part of Build Back Better where they wanted to change up the incentive processes for all of the electric companies in the U.S. Uh, this did not end up going through, but Hawaii ended up enacting their own version of it. And so in this article, they talk about what that, what that is, okay? Um, we'll set up the story from NPR. Uh, Charlie, if you want to talk through mm -hmm. some of this one, you want to do that from NPR? Yeah, on the island of Maui, up a dirt road past some very productive mango trees, there's a solar plant with a view of the Pacific. I like the imagery that we mm. have. You guys feel like you're there right now? Under the solar panels, Hawaii Public Utility Commissioner Jennifer Potter is sitting on the shady hill. It's several degrees cooler out of the sun. I think 15 degrees or so, Potter says. Good night. Good <laughs> this has been NPR. <laughs> a solar company built this plant, not the Monopoly electric utility Potter regulates. And for Potter, that's a good thing. For the green transition to work, she says, it, can be just the, it can't just be the Monopoly utility making renewable energy. Lots of renewable energy producers will need to be on the grid. The problem, she argues, is that traditionally the monopoly utility, Hawaiian, Hawaiian Electric, hasn't had a clear incentive to hook up renewable energy from projects like this quickly. That's why Potter and her colleagues in Oahu have embarked on an experiment to retool more than 100 years of regulatory precedent and get Hawaii's power company off fossil fuels. The state has begun implementing a system of incentives and some penalties to speed up the transition to 100% renewable energy. This carrot and stick approach to getting utilities off fossil fuels is reminiscent of a central climate plan that Biden and congressional Democrats pushed for in the Build Back Better bill. Hawaii's comprehensive utility reform could be a transformative tool and other states are looking at it too. To understand how Hawaii is changing the game, it helps to go back to the 1890s when a bunch of electric companies were competing to power America. In this era, utility companies made the case for getting monopoly status. There was an argument that you could provide electricity more efficiently if only one company did it. <laughs> That's uh, normally how things are more efficient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, who argues that? You only need one. The companies. You only need one <laughs> kind of toothpaste. Yeah. Why would you want to? Sounds great. Decide between all these. You only need one kind of deodorant. <laughs> State-level regulators would govern how the monopoly utility made profits, and the profit formula that won the day was one that incentivizes utilities to build infrastructure quickly. The way it's set up is the more that utilities build, the more money that they can make. So, let's get this right. Mm -hmm. Companies, they, just, they only wanted to be one, because then they could be more efficient. Yeah. And then state-level regulators govern how that monopoly that the state approved of yes would make their profits and gave them a formula and incentive to do it by building infrastructure quickly yes but today amidst pledges to get the electricity sector off fossil fuels hawaii's regulators say this old formula is out of place instead of encouraging utilities to build 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 Potter says regulators like herself need to incentivize new things like energy efficiency and connecting renewable energy to the grid, often from projects the monopoly utility hasn't built itself. Now imagine if electric companies just had an incentive to provide the best quality electric service possible mm. at the cheapest price possible price. And that was their only incentive. Like that was their process? Do you think they would bring in renewables and all this stuff that people actually want? They, yeah, they probably would. They probably would. They'd probably allow people to hook up to their grid and even supply them with, with power that they could, they could buy back from them if they wanted to. But the, unfortunately, better. Instead of build back better, buy back better. Unfortunately, in this case, the company also owns the power plants and they want to be the only people that are uh, producing and, and selling this power because they are a state-granted monopoly. Mm-hmm. So on June 1st, Hawaii officially kicked off new reforms called performance-based regulation. In 2018, when the regulators decided to do a top-to-bottom overhaul of the regulatory structure, there were worries about the financial impact on the utility, Hawaiian Electric, 
says James Griffin, who is the chair of Hawaii's Public Utility Commission. Mm. Why do they even need these? Things? I don't know. The old model doesn't incentivize the utility to keep down costs. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. They're the only one. Why would you need to worry about cost? Uh, that will be a big problem for utilities with climate change. The renewable transition and environmental related changes will cost money, he says. And one of the things that will we will need that will be needed is to reduce costs so that customers bills don't get out of control. That's where performance based regulation comes in. What Hawaii is doing, says Griffin, is setting up a new regulatory framework that incentivizes the utility to both cut costs and achieve climate friendly goals. For Griffin, a key step was putting the utility on a five-year budget. It's a very powerful incentive for cost savings, and we're seeing it take effect. That's because the utility is giving a set, given a set amount of money for five years, and if they can drive their costs below that, they actually get to keep part of that as a profit for now. Now, here's... In, in a free market, we want you know, companies do typically try to drive their costs down, right? Like they, they want things to cost the least amount that they can. Because they're in competition with other people. Yes. There's an issue when you do it <clears throat> that we'll find here in Hawaii or in any other area where you have a monopoly, an actual monopoly, is a way to drive your costs down is by skimping on things that are very important for the future of your business or for your customers. You skimp on things that uh, you wouldn't want to do if you were a privately run company because someone else could come in and do it better than you. Or if you were operating in a free market, someone else could come in and do it better than you. But when you have a monopoly, you can skimp on a lot of different things. Say uh, if you're in Venezuela and you're an oil company and you don't want to invest in new refineries or new ships or you don't want to clean and do maintenance on them. You just want to get the oil out there as quick as you possibly can so you can get paid off and all that. And then eventually it crumbles. Well, in this case, they're given this uh, this cost-saving strategy where they have to come in on their budget. And what do they do? Well, they want to keep providing power to people, but essentially they don't have to do anything to actually make sure that they're maintaining their status as a great company who's not starting wildfires or doing whatever, providing consistent electricity because they're a monopoly. You know, they don't have to do those normal things that people have to do in a competitive market. So anyway, this continues going. The five-year budget became a target window for the utility to achieve new climate change related goals. Following models from the UK and Alberta, Canada, the regulators gathered community stakeholders together and brainstorming workshops to figure out what those goals would be. <laughs> this is how business is run. <laughs> they have too much time on their hands. <laughs> they agreed on things like bringing more renewables on the grid and pilot projects for electric vehicle infrastructure. They also agreed to reduce customer bills. Because of its reliance on imported oil, Hawaii has the highest average electric rates in the U.S. Now, if the utility reaches the goals, they receive additional incentive payments. And if they don't, they sometimes get penalties. Or as Jim Kelly, vice president for Hawaii Electric says, carrots and sticks, carrots and sticks. That's the whole dangle the carrot. Mm-hmm. One incentive program revolves around getting solar hooked up to the grid more quickly. While Kelly argues the utility was trying to get renewables online long before these reforms, he says Hawaiian Electric now has a specific profit motive to connect rooftop solar faster. If we can continue to make that interconnection experience a positive thing, then it is potentially up to $3 million upside for us, Kelly says. If the utility fails to meet solar interconnection goals across the islands, it could face up to $900,000 in yearly fines. So that's a $4 million swing, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kelly says so far Hawaiian Electric is meeting the solar hookup targets. He says a year ago, it would take an Oahu customer seven weeks on average to set up their rooftop solar. And now it's taking about half that time. As for the larger goal of increasing the state's renewable energy portfolio, Hawaiian Electric says that if they can continue to bring projects online, they could get as much as a $15 million bonus by 2023. Mm-hmm. That's this year. Not anymore, probably. So to not get this... A, to, to get not this, after this fight. No, no, not... I don't think they're going to get their probably bonus. Probably going to get like a $10 million bonus instead yeah. this year. Uh-huh. 
to get this bonus, what this means is they have to keep their cost way down and they have to hook up people to solar as fast as they possibly can. And so if your only goal is to hook up people to solar and to keep all of your costs way down, how much time are you going to spend upgrading your grid or anything else to do with your, your company whatsoever? None. Probably none. Because you don't need to because you have a monopoly. Unless there's an issue. Yeah. And your only incentive right now is to keep your costs down because you're actually going to get fined by the government if you spend more money than they've laid out for you over the next five years. Mm-hmm. So, and if you, and if, but if you do what they want you to do, then you're going to get a big bonus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's what this is. Now I went through some documents uh, because turns out they did some reports. They have wildfires in 2018 in in Hawaii as well. Uh, the county of Maui did this report on what was causing the wildfires. So they they went through and they did a whole bunch of studies and they were trying to figure out if they needed to raise their budget for preparing uh, for wildfires probably in the future. Did. Yeah, they probably did. They yeah. actually decided that they did not need to raise their budget. Mm. And interestingly enough, they did not want to do that. Uh, they listed out, let's see, Wild brush forest fires present a growing threat to Maui County, citizen safety and property. Ireland communities are particularly vulnerable because populations tend to be clustered and dependent on single highways. So you just read through all this stuff about what they said about the potential for future wildfires. Uh, They listed out wildfire causes. Most wildfires are caused by human actions, 75% of which are accidental and therefore preventable. The Hawaii Wildfire Management Association has identified the following as ongoing fire threats to Maui. Uh, Prevalence of combustible materials. Those are bad for fires. Uh, Poor camping site management. Accidental fires caused by machinery and vehicles. Abandoned sugarcane fields. Poorly maintained and overgrown properties. Grasses and combustible materials along road. uh, Rights of way. Low-hanging failure or shorting of above-ground power lines. Current fire breaks of only 25 feet on property edges, intentionally set fires. Uh, so we know that those things, they, they looked at uh, what areas burned uh, through here. It, most of it was non-native grasslands and shrubland, shrublands. Uh, so they, they listed all that out. Now, what was done about this? Not, not much. Not much of anything seems to be the proper answer because it was blamed on power lines and grasslands that were all over the place and not being taken care of is why this place went up like a freaking tinderbox out there. Uh, fires of note, the largest and most notable fires of 2018 were influenced. This, this is a report from 2018. The largest and most notable fires of 2018 were influenced by hurricanes that approached Hawaii in the month of August. Hurricane Hector near Hawaii at the start of the month, drawing moisture towards towards itself and lowering the relative humidity. Hurricane Lane followed a few weeks later. Both storms brought high winds that helped fires to spread. So in 2018, they determined that hurricanes in the month of August drew moisture out of the air, creating drier conditions and really good conditions for a wildfire. What do we have this time? So hurricane in August super dry conditions and the same stuff that they didn't fix last time. Five years later. Five years later. Interesting. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> All right. A little bit further. Okay. So Hawaiian Electric sees this, of course, and they want to spend $190 million uh, of resiliency spending, meaning upgrading their power lines and their infrastructure. Problem is they, they can't because they're a, state regulated monopoly power company they need permission they from need daddy per- because they have a new incentive structure placed over the top of them that says that they have to stay within this fixed amount of money over the next five years or they're going to get fined and penalized every year for spending too much money and what they are asking permission to do is raise people's rates by just a little bit to recoup the cost of fixing their power lines because they identified a lot of problems. So there's another article here from utilitydive.com, one of my most common resources I go to for information. Every, for the every morning. Yes. Every <laughs> go, morning, that's a, you read utilitydive.com yeah. for a briefing. <laughs> it's, it's the Nate Thurston morning briefing. 
Hawaii and other states across the nation have been seeing increasingly frequent and extreme weather events that warrant investing in the state's electric grid, according to Hawaiian Electric. In the last seven years alone, Governor David Ige has issued 15 emergency proclamations related to hurricanes, tropical storms, wildfire, and other weather events. Hawaiian Electric's application to the State Public Utilities Commission asked regulators to approve nearly $190 million over a five-year period that would strengthen transmission lines and critical overhead poles, help with flood monitoring at substations, move certain overhead distribution lines on Oahu underground, remove trees that could pose a threat to grid infrastructure, and prevent wildfires. 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 Uh, talks about how much uh, they operate through their reliable electric grids are a critical driver of economic activity. There's an urgent need to enhance our power systems to guard against extreme weather events that are increasing in both frequency and intensity due to climate change. Uh, Colton Ching, Hawaii Electric Senior Vice President of Planning and Te- Technology, said in a statement, while there is a cost to preparing for more adverse effects of climate change, the cost of inaction is much higher. Mm-hmm. This is back in January of 2022. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The past experience has been that we have outages anytime there's a stiff wind. The grid is aging, and I believe it's vulnerable just in general. And then you have to factor in the climate change concern and extreme weather concern. Uh, that was from Earth Justice. That being said, different stakeholders have different views about what resilience means and whether it includes utility-centric solutions like power plants and hardening existing grid infrastructure. Uh, so, of course... People didn't know what to make of this. Turns out that request in January 2022, still pending, still sitting at the office Mm. uh, right now. Still on someone's desk. Weren't able to do that. I went into the actual proposal that they sent over. I only went through about 70 pages of it. It was like 524 pages long, this proposal. Uh, But they lay out, they have to put in this official proposal for spending this money, upgrading their power lines. Uh, They have to get approval to commit funds in excess of $2.5 million for climate adaptation, transmission, and distribution resilience program. And also to recover costs through the exceptional project recovery mechanism, meaning they are asking permission. Where's the number? They are asking permission to raise their prices to recoup the costs. Now in a free market, Charlie, when a company needs to spend an extra $200 million on something, and that means that the product they're providing you is therefore more expensive, do they need to submit a request with the board and wait 18, 19, 20 months for approval on whether or not they can raise their cost by 30? It estimates the average monthly, monthly bill of a typical residential customer will increase by 33 cents. Or 86 cents on Hawaii Island and 71 cents on Maui. Mm. And they need to get approval to increase the average customer's bill by 71 cents on Maui. As far as I know, <laughs> I don't think most companies need that kind of permission. No. At least we don't here. I mean, if you, know, if you want to raise the price of the group that people Do can it. join at joingml.com, you just, you just click a few buttons. Just hit it and I just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't get in trouble or anything. It's it's all all fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Here's some of the reasons that they wanted to get this money. Wildfire prevention and mitigation. To minimize the probability of the company's facilities becoming the origin or contributing source of ignition for a wildfire. Prevent the company's facilities from contributing to the severity or breadth of wildfires. Identify and implement operational procedures to ensure the companies can respond effectively to a wildfire without compromising customer and employee safety while remaining sensitive to customers' need for reliable electricity. Uh, They've got, let's see, more stuff in here. Oh, they identified wildfire priority areas on the islands. And what's the wildfire priority area for Maui? Lahaina. Mm. First place they mentioned. Yeah, first first place they mentioned there. And then there's their cost estimates. Stayed in both Lahaina and Kapalua. How about that? How was Lahaina? Um, It was all right. Yeah, you didn't like it? Um, it was older. I mean, yeah. That's, I would yeah. say, so Kapalua is more resorts. Lahaina was cool. Um, it's just, uh, it looked like, <clears throat> I don't know, it looked like it was from the 90s, I would say. So, But it was still, it was still beautiful. 
It, you're, I mean, you're in Hawaii. You're yeah, on, so it's still pretty. You're on Maui. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Can't really be mad about that. No. Given the information that we just went through, how would you rate this headline, Charlie? Hawaiian Electric was warned of its system of its system's fragility before the wildfire. They warned themselves. <laughs> I hold myself in contempt. No, but they were warned because a couple Congress people in Hawaii were worried about it. Okay? They were worried the, about it themselves. This company was greedy. And they were warned about this and chose not to do anything about it. This is why you put everything in writing. <laughs> you know? Hawaiian Electric is I known... I call it CYA. Cover your ass. Yes. <laughs> writing. We can say that on the radio, so that's fine. Probably. Hawaiian Electric has known for years that extreme weather was becoming a bigger danger, but the company did little to strengthen its equipment and failed to adopt emergency plans used elsewhere, like being prepared to cut off power to prevent fires. Hmm. Now, they address the cutting off power to prevent fires. They do this in California, I believe, in places, and people don't like it. Uh, people are very unhappy about it. And the argument, one of the arguments is that it could be too late by the time you cut off the power. Like, wind blows, throw some sparks out or whatever from the lines, cut off power. Like, okay, well, the fire's already started. And guess what? You just turned off power to the water pumps and people's uh, emergency systems and stuff like that if they don't have generators. So it's... a uh, not this easy solution that everyone makes it out to be. Costco says they they think they call them brownouts, which sounds <laughs> gross. Before but. the wildfire on Maui erupted, killing more than 100 people, many parts of Hawaiian Electric's operations were showing signs of stress, and state lawmakers, consumer groups, and county officials were saying that the company needed to make big changes. They were saying they needed to make changes, too. <laughs> yeah. They just didn't have the permission slip <laughs> signed. No, but let's give the New York Times some credit. They say, in 2019, Hawaiian Electric itself started citing the risk of fires. The company said that year it was studying how utilities in California were dealing with similar threats. Two years later, in a report about Hurricane Lane in 2018, that's some of the report from Maui County that we just talked about, government, the Maui County government warned of the potential that above-ground power lines that fail short or low-hanging can cause fire ignition that could start a wildfire, particularly in windy or stormy conditions. But it wasn't until last year that the company asked state regulators to authorize it to spend $190 million to strengthen power poles and other equipment, a request that is still pending. Attention turned to the company after the emergence of a video recorded showing a power line starting a fire, allegedly. Uh, it hasn't been proven guilty in a court of law yet. So, uh, But energy experts say these calamities and their effects on electric grids should not have been surprising. In many places, utilities have neglected to sufficiently maintain and improve electric grids for decades. And regulators and lawmakers have largely looked the other way. Regulators and lawmakers, by the way, are the people who essentially run the company because these are state-run monopolies, state-granted monopolies. They're private companies, which makes this a fascist electric company. Mm-hmm. That's just by definition. The problem with electric utilities in the United States is they act like the protective monopolies in the face of catastrophic risk. Because they, they are. They, they literally are. Yes. The, the problem, you see, you, when we started, you said we just need to find better people to run these companies. If you could find better people. No, we need people, better regulators. Yeah. yeah. We right. need better regulators, regulate people, but of course we got to find better mm-hmm. people Th- that to That way they can come also. up with the proper incentives, mm-hmm. you know? To, and, to avoid death. And Michael Wara, a scholar focused on climate and energy policy at Stanford, uh, thinks Hawaiian Electric could have done a lot more to prevent its equipment from becoming a potential cause of fires. He says, but nature doesn't care that they're a protective monopoly. You need to act like a regular company facing a major risk. Would love for them to. Yeah. You know how they could act like a regular company? Not be state regulated. They could be a regular. That's how they could do it. They could compete in a free market. <laughs> Hawaiian Electric is a unique utility because the state is made up of many islands spread over 1,500 miles. The company... I didn't realize it was that far. Wow. It's a long way. Mm -hmm. Company operates many electric grids and imports fuel to run power plants. As a result, the state has the highest electricity rates in the country. That makes it much harder for the company and the state to invest in expensive grid upgrades. It doesn't really if they can just charge what the electricity costs. The problem is with it being a state-regulated monopoly, you see they're also beholden to the 
voters and the people regulating it don't want to be the people who allowed them to raise their rates for the power. And so they probably make them artificially keep their rates low. The, the thing is, you know, I've talked about, you, you wanted to move to Hawaii at one time. You talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's probably way too insanely expensive out there. And you're like, oh, it's, it's actually not that much. It's not that different. You know, it's not, it's not that different. It probably should be way more expensive to live there than what it even is right now. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. On a tiny island. Yeah. Guess what? It's, it's more expensive to do everything. You think people in Alaska should be complaining about their shipping costs? You know? Right. No. You live way the hell up there. <laughs> That's your problem. Middle of nowhere's land. Uh, there's always been a push and pull on how to pay for it. State Senator, no one cares about his name, said, referring to plans to improve the electric grid, the utility doesn't want to pay for it unless they can pass on the cost to the ratepayers. The hundred. So once again, you have a company, and normally the cost of operating your company, if you want to pass that on to your customers, that's a thing that can happen. Like, oh, our car, we just spent an extra... Uh, $200 million, and we're going to have to raise our rates on whatever it is that we're selling because we need to recoup some costs. Because the, By 70 cents. Because the cost of our product just went up because this is a cost associated with our product. This is a cost with the product. Of course they want to raise their rates. <laughs> Nate's throwing things now in the studio. I just threw the laptop screen cleaner. Is that what that was? I was <laughs> yeah. like, what is that? I thought it was a water bottle at first. It was not. Okay, no. here we go. The $190 million proposal Hawaiian Electric made to improve its grid. If I blink twice, save me. <laughs> to improve its grid would, among other things, have replaced aging power poles with new ones, including 80 in Maui. Energy experts said many of the company's poles were probably not strong enough to withstand the winds that hit Lahaina. Just need some mighty men to... <laughs> Some of, the pl- <laughs> Some of the company's poles are surrounded by invasive grasses that can become explosive tender in the dry season. Experts have long warned that too little was being done to check the spread of the gro- and growth of the grasses. Those are those non-native grasslands that were in that uh, pie chart that we were looking at earlier. Also, by the way, these people live on a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> it's overall, a t- it's a terrible idea. <laughs> the whole thing is terrible. Yeah. There's a, I mean, literally... That uh, what Hawaii, the, the, it's, main... not the it's not all a volcano, but it is all, um, what do you call it? I mean, it's, it's not like all one giant thing, but it's all what, like the magma and stuff that's like risen to the top and it's like all formed by that. Right. I mean, literally the, the Hawaii, the Island of Hawaii just erupted. Yeah. Was that two years ago? A year and a it half was ago? going for a bit. I think, it, I think it goes pretty often actually. Yeah. There's I mean, something going pretty often. These people live in a in a danger zone you know there's and it's not like it's like it's not like a surprise people know like literally molten rock that's thousands of degrees yeah could come out of the ground at any point back to this other article the first one that we show was hawaii's top power utility is being accused of mismanagementism before the deadly wildfires and once again, they're talking about how they did not do their due diligence in making sure that their grid was safe and secure. I will once again submit to you, Charlie, that they had a new incentive structure placed over the top of them that said, hook up all of this new stuff to your grid ASAP and spend the least amount of money possible that you can and we'll give you guys a bunch of money. And if you spend more do money, do it not. <laughs> yes, and we're gonna fine you. If you spend more money than we've laid out for you, we will fine you up to almost a million dollars a year if you spend more money than this. But of course, they're being accused of mismanagement before the deadly wildfires. Now, there probably was some. Mis- was there greed? Was there mismanagementism? You know, were they not also wanting to spend the money? Were these people not spending the money because they wanted to get their bonuses at the end of that five-year period that they gave them? Of course. Of course they were. Who wouldn't? This is nothing but a bunch of human beings that have a specific incentive structure laid out in front of them. That's all it is. And then we believe and know that a free market incentive structure is the best incentive structure. Is it perfect? No. 
but it's the best, not only at the best outcome, it's also the only moral incentive structure because it doesn't require any force. Uh, but it would have also had likely a better outcome, if anything, because these people need to be held accountable. Some of them will. The company, of course, is going to be held. They're going to be fine. They'll file bankruptcy. They'll do whatever. There's lawsuits. The state's going to take them already. Over. There's lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here's from the lawsuit here. First obtained by NBC News alleges that Hawaiian Electric helped set the stage for the monstrous wildfires last week. The plaintiffs accuse the utility company of years of inaction and negligence and argue that it should have had plans in place to shut down power systems before fierce winds blew across Hawaii. Quote, Hawaiian Electric is not just responsible and they weren't just negligent, said Mike, uh, Michael Watts, a lead attorney on the case. They were grossly negligent by making con- conscious decisions to delay grid modernization projects that would have prevented this very tragedy. Here, here. I've got another, uh, I've got... I've got a bombshell that no one's talking about that I'm going to throw out here in a few in a few minutes. But the next article is funny, too, because the Hawaii governor is finally taking some blame on behalf of climate change uh, in this scenario. They, <clears throat> let me let me finish this oh, up yeah. real quick. Quote, their own papers say they knew how to prevent it. And their own papers showed their conscious and deliberate decision to delay the implementation of safety measures that would have prevented this tragedy, the most deadly wildfire in American history, said Watts. They didn't get the funding approved. Now, that what they're saying is that they should have done it anyway. Regardless. But they they literally had a structure placed over the top of them saying that they would get fined by the government because the government was saying they could only spend this amount of money and that if they spent more than that, then they were going to get a million dollars in fines every year for doing this. And so they said, hey, we need approval to spend this much money to upgrade our power lines because mm-hmm. they're going to start the wildfire. Like, literally. That's what they were asking for permission to do. And the first place they mentioned in Maui was Lahaina. So uh, the Hawaii governor agrees with you, Charlie. He agrees that climate change amplified the cost of human error. In the Maui, you see, yeah. there there was a little bit of human error. Okay, mm-hmm. people mess up, but he does agree that climate change made that human error worse than it otherwise would have been. Yeah, it and, it basically blew oxygen on the fire. Is yes. what he's saying. Climate change amplified the failures of officials to act properly on the Maui, the Maui wildfires. Hawaiian Democratic Governor Josh Green suggested on Sunday. People couldn't act properly. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. They're <laughs> stuck like this. I wish I could do something, but climate change is controlling my life. Wish I could make a decision, but I can't. Oh, God. Okay. We don't really have to go into that. I thought, I thought that was a funny headline. Now, that... well. Read this where he said he's, he just wants you to be it. clear. You read it. He said, um, so wait, hang on. This, oh, sorry, this is from the host. So just <laughs> to be clear, when you're talking about global warming, are you saying climate change amplified the cost of human error? And of course, the governor said, yes, it did. Um, there's always going to be incredible things that people do to save lives from the firefighters, from the citizens. And there are always decisions made that I'm sure aren't perfect in the moment. But when you have, but when you have fire that moved more than a mile a minute, and what happened, I'm told by some of the survivors uh, that they were at the initial fire. It was put out sometime late in the afternoon in Lahaina, and then the firefighters had to go to three other fires that started because of the conditions. There's no excuses ever to be made, but there are finite resources sometimes in the moment. Mainly, people didn't know what to do because of climate change. Yeah, it was confusing. Mm-hmm. Confusing times. That we live in. Okay, you were talking about in that lawsuit that they have been delaying any action for years uh, on upgrading things. This is interesting. In 2014, Nextera Energy announced that they were buying Hawaiian Electric Industries for $4.3 billion. In 2014, so nine years ago. Uh, Nextera is the one that owns the Florida Power and Light company. And they own some other ones around the country Mm. as well. So they're big. They own a lot of state monopoly power companies. And are they owned by 
Warren Buffett. I don't know who they're owned by. But anyway, Nextera is going to buy them. Uh, among other things, benefits in the deal mentioned that uh, Hawaiian Electric wants to leverage the expertise. Now, they're still going to, Hawaiian Electric is still going to exist. They're just going to get bought out and technically be owned by, by Nextera Energy. Uh, so they were looking to leverage the expertise of Nextera to modernize its existing grids and to help incorporate their rooftop solar in Hawaii. Nextera is going to be bringing a bunch of money along with them, you know, for four billion, whatever the number was. Uh, so that would have been cool. They were looking at that in 2014, talking about modernizing their grids. And so I don't know what happened. That ended up getting terminated a couple of years later in 2016. So they spent two years thinking that they were getting bought out by a bigger company who was going to come in and fix up everything with their four point something billion dollars after they after they come in. Turns out that the Hawaiian regulators ended up rejecting the bid for Nextera to buy out Hawaiian Electric. Why? Because Nextera wasn't concerned enough with renewable energy. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Nextera Energy ended its $4.3 billion bid to buy Hawaiian Electric. The company said on Monday, citing Hawaiian officials' rejection of the utility tie-up. Per the merger agreement, uh, they'll pay out $95 million for a breakup fee. Uh, last Friday, Hawaii's Public Utilities Commission issued a decision that said Nextera failed to prove its plans for Hawaii Electric would be good for the state. The regulator highlighted concerns about the risks and benefits to utility customers and Nextera's clean energy commitments. Um, I believe one of their issues was that they wanted to convert some of their oil-burning power plants over to natural gas, and they weren't going to be concerned enough with all of the clean, green energy upgrades that they wanted to do. They were, however, planning on upgrading all of their grid when they came in. Could you imagine paying almost $100 million just to stop a contract? That's nuts. Just to end yeah. it. Like, <laughs> like, hey, we promise we're going to buy you, but if, in case we don't, we'll give you $95 million. Yeah. So this is a company that was wanting to get bought out nine years ago because they, they were like, oh, we can't. We can't do this anymore with this capital that we have. We need a bigger company to come in and, and take on some of this. And they said, no, 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 we're not going to allow that to happen. The state said no. State says no. No permission. Because you're not concerned enough about clean, about clean they energy. They just can't get these permission slips signed. I know. You know? I know. It's like, you know, when you're in a, an elementary kid and you got to need a hall pass to go to the bathroom, you know, and it has to be signed by a teacher. You, did you ever, did you ever have to do that? Um... I don't think so. There was a few times I was caught out in the hall without my permission slip signed. Mm, and I got in trouble good. for that. Yeah. Because mm. I had one. And I tried to flash it <laughs> yeah. like you would a badge. You yeah. Know? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. A few times it didn't work because my permission slip wasn't signed. So, so Charlie. The what, moral of the story is get your permission slip signed. What caused the wildfires in hawaii oh climate change climate change yeah. that's what i just heard too thank yeah. you yeah oh, yeah all there of this let me know <laughs> it's climate change yeah. Yeah. if it yeah. weren't for those hurricanes that hawaii's never had before yeah but the hurricane force wins <laughs> so all right let's go that's it that's that's yeah. it uh and there you know what are we going to do about it i mean what's the only solution there's too many people on the planet, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to kill a bunch of people. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing we can do. Yeah. Um, you know, now, I mean, what are we going to do? We'd have to, first off, I want to end the state run monopolies is what I would want to do. But why would you want to do that? Because I would like to introduce some competition in the matter. That doesn't make any sense, Nate. I know. That'd be <laughs> weird. Uh, I would also, I would, I would like, for these people to be held more responsible for this, like in the market, like they normally would be instead of being protected by their monopoly power when making these decisions, the incentive process they put on them in Hawaii incentivize them to not take care of any of their stuff and just connect as many new green, clean energy things to their power grid as they possibly could. That was their incentive process. Spend the least amount of amount, uh, least amount of money possible and just go around hooking up 
rooftop solar for people. You're just talking sense now. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather just have something to blame. Mismanagementism, I think, is a big problem. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's climate change. But if we, you think if we solved climate change, Hawaii would have no more wildfires? No. Oh, you don't think that? No, I don't think that. No, I think they would probably still have wildfires. And in fact, what, what happened here was they had a bunch of this grass, you know, like dead grass. Maybe it died because of climate change or maybe it died because grass dies. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not real sure. Uh, but regardless, we have to accept where we are right now. We could talk about blaming it on whoever we want to blame it on. They need to get better accept, at accepting where we are right now and adapting to things. Like if we, let's say, well, climate change made the grass die faster or whatever. Okay. Do something to take care of the grass, you know, either irrigate it and keep it alive or better yet, get rid of all of it. Kill all of it before it grows up out there. Then you have to spray like dangerous chemicals on the grass or mm. something, you know. <laughs> That's going to get so, in the ocean. And that's going to get into those equitable, equitable streams in Hawaii. And they're not going to mm. want to do that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, get the grass before it grows up like that. Go through there, chop it all down and keep the grass out of there. Yeah. Just, just do that. I think if we got rid of all humans, no one would die. That's actually the best plan I've heard so far. And right. I will implement that on behalf of everyone. I'll make sure <laughs> I'll hit the last button. I promise. All right. If y'all yeah. enjoyed today's episode, please share it around. Go to Apple Podcast or Spotify. Leave a rating and review. Sign up for the live group and subscribe. Join GML.com. Go to GodHatesFeds.com for some merch. There's also a link for the Fed Haters Club, which is a live group. Uh, you want to be a part of that journey. Mm. It's a journey to liberty mm -hmm. is what it is. So join the hiking journey. Do it. Trudge up the hill. Both ways. With a cross. With no shoes. Yeah. Because it's a it's a lonely road. It is. There's only a few people on it. But uh but it's, it's important. A, it's a tough road to hoe, as mm -hmm. they say. It is. So uh so do that. And if you do, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.